This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. 162 regular season games, six months of travel, flights, hotels, and baseball. Join us now for a behind-the-scenes look at a season on the road with the Oakland A's. Vince Catronio takes us on a journey around Major League Baseball. Starting now. Welcome back to another edition of A Season on the Road. I'm Vince Catronio with the A's bullpen coach, catching instructor Marcus Jensen. And it's great to talk with you, Marcus, because you're a local kid. You know, grew up in Oakland, you went to Skyline. And I'm just wondering, back in the day when you were playing, then did you understand the history of athletics and particularly baseball in the Oakland community with so many great players that came through that area and, and, and what it might have meant to you at that time? Um, absolutely. I mean, my grandfather is the one who I've talked about him a number of times. Um, he's the one who kind of uh, schooled me on the history of uh, baseball in Oakland. Um, you know, back to the days of Veda Pinsent and, you know, Willie Stargell and just all the, the greats that have come out of the Bay Area, Oakland in particular. So uh, uh, he made it a point to make sure he schooled me on, you know, the history. You grew to six foot five. When did that happen as a youngster? When did you have that growth spurt? And how were you able to stay at the position that you got to the big leagues behind the plate? Um, I, I think I was just generally a little bit taller than everyone else, you know, coming up. Um, so I'm not sure I had any one particular growth spurt. Um, and then, you know, playing, you know, playing in Little League, you just tend to play all positions. And then as you get into high school and you, you and then, you know, heading into college, uh, you end up having to settle for a position that, uh, you know, you can hopefully excel at so I was limited in terms of my options it was either going to be pitching or catching and uh you know I happened to get drafted as a catcher and you know went from there what attracted you to the position aside from what you just mentioned just in terms of knowing what it involved and maybe what the things that you thought that you could do well and things that you enjoyed about that position um well one my grandfather was a catcher so you know there's an affinity there um and then just I had pitched all my life was going to go to college go to Cal to pitch uh, primarily and I, I think I was more intrigued at the possibility of playing every day and and what that meant and, and I was just very raw coming out of high school I had a lot to learn so um, you know and embrace the the beginner's attitude and the, the learner's mentality of the position and you know kind of fully grew into catching from there. As a first-round selection by the Giants back in 1990, how aware were you of what was happening behind you, behind behind the screen in terms of scouts watching and paying attention, maybe conversations you had with different ball clubs and how it eventually became the other side of the bay, the, the team that, that picked you first? Um, you know, coming up in high school, 
It was my full intention to go to school, go to college. I signed to go to Cal. I was going to go to Cal primarily to pitch. They were going to give me opportunity to play positions as well, but I think initially I was going there to pitch. Um, I was actually more touted as a pitcher than I was a position player. The Giants were one of the few teams that actually made it a point to come watch me play when I would catch. And uh, Doug McMillan was a scout for the Giants at the time, um, who has since passed. But uh, um, you know, he actually refused to go to the games in which I pitched and made it a point to go to the games when I played a position because that's where his interest was. And he, he, you know, he sold the Giants on me as a catcher at that time. And you know happened to have some pull because, you know, got drafted pretty high. Um, I didn't really actually have any intentions on signing because I didn't anticipate getting drafted as high as I did. What was the Major League debut like for you? I was great. I mean, I had family, friends, uh, you know, being a local kid, you know, had uh, immediate family support and friend, you know, and uh, so I uh, got the call. I think initially I got the call at the Astrodome. Um, in Houston, um, and I think my first game was at Candlestick at home, um, so that was a very cool experience. Got, I think, a, a base hit in my first game, and so uh, um, very cool. Knowing the history of baseball in Oakland and being a kid from Oakland and Skyline, were you a fan of, of both teams on both sides of the bay? Did you have players back in the day that, that attracted you, that, that you really paid attention to growing up? Um, well, once I started, because I, I probably didn't start playing baseball. It's a funny story. My mom was the one who actually signed me up to play baseball, Little League Baseball. And it was more for just to get me out in a very uh, quiet. And um, so she did it more as a social, you know, wanted me to interact with other kids. And so it was um, actually compared to this day and age, you know, 10 is pretty late to start playing baseball for the first time. So um, did that. Um, but at that time, you know, very aware of uh, Billy Ball, Billy Martin, and his influence in, in Oakland and, you know, all the players that came up in that generation, whether it was, you know, obviously Ricky Henderson and um, I could, Tony Armas, uh, Dave Kingman, um, Mike Norse, you know, I keep going on. But uh, I so very aware of, you know, as I started to become a baseball fan and, and the influence of the A's at that particular time, late 70s, early 80s, uh, the even though the A's had dominated during the early 70s, you know, the Dodgers were actually a team that was getting all the lore as far as in, in California in the late 70s and early 80s, so I had a following for them as well. So uh, just be kind of became a baseball fan at that particular time. Marcus, with all that you experienced as a player, you know, a number one pick, you got to the big leagues, you moved around to several clubs, you were a, a guy that experienced free agency, you're a guy that was out there looking for work, you're a guy that moved around. How did you handle all of those circumstances and as that time transpired the people that you came in contact with so many baseball people that you were surrounded by that I'm sure over over time still in one way or another you 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 thank and probably stay in touch with in one way or another yeah I mean absolutely I, I'm not sure how many of my ideas are original ideas they're pieces that I've t you know taken from everybody as a as a player and as a coach um, even from the coaching standpoint give a lot of credit to Keith Lippman um, in terms of development of us as coaches um, to put us in position to be able to, um, you know, be coaches at the major league level. Um, so there's, you know, you, I'm thankful and grateful to have come across and come in contact with a lot of great baseball people along the way, have learned a lot, whether it's players, coaches, um, and just tried to absorb, you know, always taking the student of the game mentality 
even as a coach, you know, there's always something to learn. Um, so, Marcus, you, you know, when when fans hear about a player that was a high draft pick, you realized your dream by getting to the big leagues. And yet there was something even more special that you've talked about in the past, and that is the 2000 Olympics, which you were a part of for Team USA at a time when professional players were allowed to participate representing uh, the United States, representing their country. Uh, I'm guessing that that experience was something that was beyond unforgettable. Take me through, if you would, just what it was like to be on that team, the guys you were around. Uh, well, I think Tommy Lasorda was, was your was your head coach last manager at the time. It must have been something that you will keep with you forever. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was a great experience, you know. Um, but even prior to the, the Olympics in 2000, there was a qualifying team in 1999 in the Pan American Games, and that team doesn't exist unless the team from Pan American, you know, in 99 qualifies. And so uh, we matched up against Cuba then at that particular time, played on that team. And even though we lost in the uh, gold medal round and took the silver, uh, we did happen to beat them one time. Um, but that, you know, that was what led up to that whole experience. So um, as prideful as I am about, you know, having an opportunity to play and win a gold medal in the Olympics, I'm just as prideful of, of that team that was in the 99 that gave that team an opportunity to play in 2000. Um, so, you know, it, it's one thing as professional athletes, especially at that time in the Olympics where we had our, you know, profession to go back to, you know, but to be in an environment where you're talking about the, that's the epitome of everybody's sport at that time. Um, and you're among the best athletes in the world. You know, we may not have been the best athletes in terms of professional baseball, because, you know, there's a higher caliber uh, uh, professional baseball, but in terms of all the other sports, you're talking about interacting and watching, you know, the best athletes in the world. Who were some of your teammates back then? Uh, from the Olympics, uh, well, we had Pat Borders, him and I uh, split catching uh, uh, duties. There was Doug McCavich, who had an incredible uh, Olympic series. Um, you know, made a joke about, you know, I think they showed him getting emotional and teary-eyed on the podium. And he later on made a joke on the bus, said, yeah, he was crying because his back was hurting from carrying the team from hitting all those clutch home runs. Uh, so I, <laughs> but uh, who else? Um, uh, Ernie Young was on that team. Roy Oswalt was on that team. Of course, Ben Sheets, who you know pitched in the uh, gold medal game, was on that team. So a uh, number, uh, number of great players. You stayed in the game on the field in, in a number of capacities. Now the bullpen coach for the A's. What have you enjoyed the most about that journey and, and the things that, that you've taken as a player? coaches that you had and things that you've applied over the years as you've worked in the A system? Um, again, you take a, a piece of everybody along the way. Uh, it's, it's, you're always growing. You, you, you keep your mind open to evolving and uh, you know, absorbing new information, and that helps you to grow in your capacity. You know, I've worn, an, on this side of it, as far as the coaching side, I've worn a, a number of different hats, whether it's been um, hitting coach, whether it's been managing at the lower levels, uh, coordinating. And so um, you try to do whatever you can to make yourself valuable and an asset so you can uh, help other players along the way and, and be a benefit to them. Marcus Jensen joining us at our season on the road from Toronto. Fortunately, indoors, there's snow flurries around town, which reminds you that the winter is not over here in the, uh, in the true north. But Marcus, 
because in today's game there's so much emphasis on the bullpen and the A's had a dominant one last year and we'll see how this year plays out in 2019. What was it like watching that come together last year with guys like Lou Trevino coming up and and providing what he did, seeing Blake trying to come back to the organization and having the unforgettable year that he had, watching those arms come together and really help the A's to win 97 games? Oh, I mean, it, you know, the years prior to that was a stepping stone to what happened last year. Uh, we all could envision it. It started with Bob. He had this vision in, in terms of uh, what had transpired last year. Um, and even though the records prior to that year may have not reflected uh, well as far as, you know, uh, wins and losses, it, it came down to just the smallest of details that could have been the difference as far as this winning and losing the games. And part of that detail was the bullpen, uh, being able to get those shut down uh, innings late in the game, you know, being able to have a starter go five innings if need be and know that, you know, you could rely on the bullpen to shut it down from then on out and that we had the depth where we did we weren't relying. I mean, you know, you had Blake Trainer who had probably one of the best years in the history of the base in baseball as far as uh, from a pitcher in the bullpen. And, you know, that was magical to watch that. But the, even beyond Blake, you know, you just had a number of arms that could you know, pitch at any given time, you know, Lou Trevino coming in, um, being a rookie at that particular time and, and making the impact that he did, um, you know, in the bullpen was incredible as well. So that's what it takes. Those are the intangibles that it takes to have the success that, you know, that we did. And even then we came up shorter than we what we had planned and envisioned. Um, but you can't take anything away from you know what happened last year. Can you explain the attention to detail on a daily basis that goes on now to help you feel like you're prepared, you feel like your pitchers are all prepared for that given day, depending on what the circumstances, even before the team takes the field, when you're back in the coach's room studying video or studying numbers or a combination thereof, what goes into what you're looking for to feel like you've, you've game planned as best you can for that given day? Um, well, it's, you know, the days start early and it's, it's every day where, you know, we're preparing for this series, um, the next series in advance even right now. So while we're in this series with Toronto, we're preparing scouting reports for uh, Boston in the next series. Um, just so that as coaches, we're fully knowledgeable so we can give that information uh, or convey that information to the, the pitchers as well. So they feel like they're as prepared. A lot of them are pretty diligent and good about uh, preparing themselves. But if and when they do have questions, that we have answers readily available for them, um, that we have an in-depth understanding and knowledge of who we're playing, strengths and weaknesses, and how to uh, pitch accordingly. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a full process on a daily basis um, in, in terms of, you know, looking at the stats, looking at the information, surfing, um, and so, yeah. What's the challenge for uh, preparing for preparing a, a pitcher, really any player, that they have to focus more on their strength mm -hmm. as opposed to the opposition's weakness? How do, you, how do you balance that when you're getting somebody up and they're getting ready to face two, three, and four in the lineup, or whoever they may face, and just reminding them, these are the things that you do well, don't forget that, even though this guy has some areas we think we can we could potentially take advantage of. Um, well, like you said, it's it's a balance. Uh, I think at this level, in order to be successful, one you you know obviously you can't negate your strengths as a pitcher and what you do best. But at the same time, 
I think you know pitchers at this level have the ability to, to then attempt to at least exploit a hitter's weakness um, to give them every advantage possible to have success because as we alluded to before the game is about the finest of detail and a ball that could be you know a quarter of an inch off here or an inch off there could be the difference between a base hit an extra base hit or an out or, or even a foul ball um, so you know uh, at this, at this level, you'd like to think that the pitchers not only can pitch to their strengths, but also attempt to exploit the hitter's weakness as well. As you know, time in the bullpen on on a daily basis, there, there can be a lot of dead time, and, and then suddenly it ramps up when things get you know, get harried in a hurry, no matter what the inning is. But what what's the mood like in, in the bullpen? You've been around it enough as a player and as a coach and as a manager. The A's bullpen and that collection of guys how do they how do they keep themselves sane? How do they keep themselves prepared? How do they just keep themselves loose for what they know when they come in? Chances are there's something pretty significant that that they're trying to help or prevent from happening. Um, well, it's, it's pretty light for the most part down there. I mean, obviously we're watching the game, we're we're paying attention to the game, we're applying the information that we've learned, you know, through scouting reports. At least I know I am. Um, but there, you got a number of different personalities down there when you got that blend of personalities and it, it and they're fun going you know it keeps it light down there it keeps the mood light but as soon as you know it's time for somebody to get up or you know um, about that time then they know how to turn it on um, and and, and kind of get into that zone and you know as far as getting ready to go to work um, and so uh, you know it's interesting. You got, like I said, you got a number of different personalities. That who keeps it the loosest? Um, you know, uh, Wendell Ken's a personality down there. He's kind of funny. You know, you got guys from different uh, um, all parts of the United States, and so they bring a little bit of where they're from. Um, and so it's kind of you, you, it's a melting pot, so to speak. Uh, Bookter, you know, when he was here, uh, you know, he was a strong personality influence. And then you got you know others who are quiet in their own sense, but um, are well respected at the same time. I mean, you've got Fernando Rodney, who's, uh, from my understanding, just passed Cy Young um, in, in the record books. So um, you know good blend between you know the veteran older veterans and the younger guys and and you know hopefully that the younger guys are uh, taking advantage of the, the veteranship there we're here at uh, the rogers center in toronto where for us to see the bullpens from where we sit in the press box we have to look through a chain link fence and see a body up and try to recognize who that is around the league what's for just in terms of a vantage point and a view for you and the pitchers down there what's what are the what are the better bullpens to sit in uh, and watch the game before the work actually gets serious down there and, and have some fun and, and enjoy watching the game in terms of vantage point and, and not having to look through a chain link fence like you do here? Um, well, me personally, I like to be able to have access to a TV so I can, you know, it's one thing to be able to watch it here and then see from a distance, but then I question what pitch it is or, or am I charting the right pitches? So I'd like to have a monitor um, uh, as well. You know, New York you got a little bit of everything you've got the you know the the view as far as you know being high up so you can see the game you've got the inside where you can actually watch the game and see the monitor and not you know an interesting thing happened in, in New York last year was uh, in the playoffs a one game series which I was anticipating or expecting you know a rowdy environment rambunctious environment that's just what you come to expect from being in New York um, but what I didn't expect was, you know, they hit the home run early. Is next thing you know, uh, beer 
you know, cups of beer were being tossed into, you know, like grenades into the bullpen and they're just scattering all over. So uh, that made it eventful. It, you know, you had to take a precaution. Um, so, but for me personally, yes, anywhere where I can have a good view, but also have a monitor at the same time. So if there's any questions in terms of location or if I'm trying to chart and follow the scouting reports to see if we're following accordingly, that, you know, I can do that as well. Aside from uh, New Yorkers uh, tossing beer into the bullpen, where are some of the better fan interactions with the bullpen around the league? Uh, Boston is good, too. You know, it's pretty up and close and personal there. Um, you know, I personally, whether it's the bullpen, I, I've enjoyed, I've always liked Kansas City as well. Um, may not have the up close and personal interaction with the fans um, in Kansas City, but I've enjoyed that ballpark. So, uh, um you know, Oakland, you know, everyone talks about in terms of Oakland, you know, needing a new ballpark and everything else. But, uh, um, you know, that's that's been home for me uh, for a number of years. And it's good for me to come full circle and, and, and be able to interact and, and come into contact with a lot of people who I've either um, who are from the area. Uh, we have certain things in common, um, whether it's even crossing paths, you know, at different times. So uh, I've enjoyed Oakland as well. How much does it mean to you as a local kid working for the local team you got to the big leagues as a player and when you see youngsters when you see a little league day or you see you're involved in some clinics out on the field or you're even you're just in the community where the kid can see you and recognize what they see in you is something they aspire to and that means something to them that that you're almost like you're one of them mm -hmm. and they get a chance to try to, to relate what what does that mean to Marcus Jensen um, well, it's great. I feel fortunate in terms of being able to come back full circle and be able to come back to Oakland and be a part of the uh, the, the Oakland staff. Um, you know, because I am a homegrown product. I played in all the little leagues, and whether it's Young America, uh, the Babe Ruth programs, played in the same little league as Marcus Simeon, as far as El Cerrito, Berkeley. So I've played in all the different uh, uh, little leagues uh, around Oakland in the East Bay. Um, and I actually had an opportunity to revisit my old high school and, and interact with uh, um, the coach that's there that played, uh, was on my same high school team, and then had a chance to talk with them. So, um, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's, you know, you, you go through your course, and then when you have an opportunity to give back, um, whether it's your time, whether it's information, whatever it may be, uh, you do so. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to do that in Oakland from where I was born and raised. Did you and Marcus Simeon have any glory day competitions about my Little League teams versus what your Little League teams are like, what your experiences are like versus my experiences? No, I try to refrain from doing that because, you know, it's all about the, the today's player. And so... You know, I, I don't want to get be one of those guys that gets caught up in the nostalgia of, you know, when I played and always making those comparisons. And so I, I allow them, to, to a certain extent, I allow them to uh, just, um, you know, be the center of attention and not try to stray from that to a certain extent. You know, when, when there's comparisons in terms of, well, the players of today – or the players from when I played and beyond couldn't, com you know, compete <laughs> at this stage here are not the same, then, you know, uh, I may throw in a, a little jab here and there. Well, let me ask you one last thing, because you have experienced so much uh, as an Oakland kid who, you know, you're a first-round draft pick, you got to the big leagues, you won a gold medal for your country, you have coached and managed in, in major league systems, and you have 
been a part of a major league coaching staff that got to the postseason. So going back to the old days, going back to even if not just Skyline, even before Skyline, what what's the moment or moments that bring a, a smile to to you, Marcus, when I ask you about those special times as a kid growing up in the East Bay? Um, let's see, what's the special times? Uh, going to Cal for one, you know, being signed my letter tent to go to Cal Berkeley, that was kind of a big stepping stone. Um, for me, you know, making the transition from the high school to then um, accelerated baseball, then being from there being drafted, and then just that whole process. I, I try to convey to whether it's guys at the major league level, minor leagues, even you know, even uh, earlier than that, is to enjoy the process because you know there's a window of opportunity to play. And I, we all have goals in terms of where we want to go and what we want to do. But in the meantime, while you're pursuing those goals, uh, you need to enjoy the process and, and, and the learning, you know, the learning curve that comes with that because uh, it becomes a journey. Um, so, um, you know, the Olympics obviously uh, is a top of that, you know, just that whole experience and, and winning the gold medal, um, you know, to be able to come, you know, to learn to then become a coach and then evolve in terms of understanding, you know, you get hindsight a little bit as far as, you know, as a player, there's certain things that you may not understand as a player that you come to learn when you become a coach and it kind of fills the holes uh, a little bit. Um, and then just evolving as a coach and then being able to, you know, give back to that extent. So th those are all the things that I've taken pride in. Well, Marcus, I appreciate the insight. I appreciate all the stories and the history of the things that have made you who you are. I know you're a reserved man, and some and time, sometimes talking about yourself is is not a, a comfortable thing, but you have accomplished a lot. The A's are fortunate to have you a part of their organization, and I do appreciate you spending some time with us here on the road in Toronto to give us some of those experiences. Give, us, give the fans the thoughts of what the daily work is like to get this uh, outstanding bullpen ready on a day-by-day -day basis. Thanks for the visit. I appreciate it. Thank you, fans. Marcus Jensen joining us from Toronto, another edition of A Season on the Road. I'm Vince Catronio. Stay tuned throughout the course of 2019. We'll continue to give you updates as the A's make their way throughout the course of the 2019 campaign with another edition of A Season on the Road. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.